Hello, everybody. Welcome to Super Deluxe Games Cast, episode 190? 190, yeah. 190, wow. Off the dome. Uh, so it has been um, a, a, a week. It's been a week. Um, and we want to do our regular show for you guys um, and, and you know, uh, keep it on games and, 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 and try to have some fun at the end of the week here. But um, I don't think we would feel super good about doing our, our goofy video game podcast without first addressing what's going on. Uh, in America, at the hands of uh, police. So we have a little statement that we prepared uh, in solidarity from from the team here at SDGC. Yeah. So Derek, yeah, let me let me pull it up here. I've got it down. So yeah, like Zach said, before we begin our show today, we wanted to take a moment to acknowledge some traumatic recent events. This discussion's gonna be a little upsetting to some, but there's really no gentle way to discuss it. Earlier this week, on Monday, May 25th, a black man by the name of George Floyd was murdered by Minneapolis police. We use the word murder very specifically. Despite being unarmed, and despite being under arrest for a nonviolent offense, despite surveillance footage showing him not resisting arrest prior to this point, two police officers pinned the restrained Floyd to the ground, while a third pressed his knee into Floyd's neck, slowly suffocating him to death. This sequence was caught on camera by bystanders in a more than 10-minute video, culminating in emergency responders taking Floyd's lifeless corpse away. The pain and rage at Floyd's unjust and unnecessary death at the hands of police are only compounded by events that happened in New York Central Park just hours earlier that same day. A black parkgoer, Christian Cooper, requested that another white parkgoer leash her dog as is required in that part of the park. The exchange, captured on video, shows the woman telling him that she would call police and lie to them that he was threatening her, purely out of spite. We watched her immediately switch into fake hysterics as she pretended over the phone to police that she was being threatened and stalked by an African-American man, with the intention of falsely levying police aggression against him. Mr. Cooper, thankfully, was not killed by police that day, potentially only because he left the scene before they arrived and the video of the exchange quickly went viral. This all comes in as we're still grieving the death of Breonna Taylor in my own hometown of Louisville, a woman who was killed in her own home by police who broke into her house unannounced on a no-knock warrant. That warrant was for a house miles away, for two men already in police custody. It also comes in the wake of the murder of Ahmaud Arbery, an innocent jogger killed by two racist white men who felt empowered to act as law enforcement themselves because they assumed he was responsible for recent break-ins in their neighborhood. If you aren't awake to the realities of police violence against people of color and how that violence is often weaponized and co-opted by white people like ourselves for the most trivial reasons, you need to wake the fuck up. We've been through this cycle of death, grieving, and rage too many times. None of us on this show have the knowledge or the right to tell you how to be loud. But make no mistake, we need to be loud. Black Lives Matter. I need to Thanks, Derek. I need to go black for just a second. Give us a moment. All right, we're back. We're good. We're good. 
Um, I'm going to put a link here in the Twitch chat. Um, it is a link to a GoFundMe uh, for the, it's the George Floyd Memorial Fund. Um, it's organized by his family. Um, there are, th there are lots of different organizations um, that you can donate to, um, to support, um, to support defunding um, police and uh, taking care of uh, black families and black people who are affected by these kinds of things. Um, but that's, that's a good place to start if you're looking for something to do. Yeah. Thank you both. Um, so I think that we're going to, we're going to try to move forward and, and go on with the rest of the show. So, um, you know, this week, like all weeks, we're, we're probably still playing games and uh, trying to, to find distraction uh, and entertainment. Um, John, have you been playing anything particularly interesting this week? <laughs> I've been playing a lot of things this week. Um, so for my GameCube, and this might this will actually be of particular GameCube. interest. So this the will GameCube. be of interest. You have my attention, John. Yeah. So so right. So 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 check Tell this me about out. The GameCube. So so I decided to I, I grabbed a GameCube because it's one of the few systems I don't have. I I it was one of my favorite systems of all time. When I grabbed have a GameCube. GameCube? What I do now. Um, I, I didn't have one before. I, I didn't have one. I haven't had one since like 2004. Oh, I'm gonna annoy the shit out of you over the next few few weeks. Recommending so, games. Oh, 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 right. So, so one of my favorite games John, on GameCube was. Have you was... heard of a game called Mario Sunshine? I have actually. Yes. Um, uh, it's Mario Sunshine is a beloved Mario game. Um, it's a great game. But uh, so uh, Paper Mario: Thousand Year Door is one of my oh, favorite. On. Game, one of my favorite GameCube games. I'm on it. Uh, and wait, what's going on? No, oh. I'm just oh. gonna check. Oh, of course, it. of course. I got it. Of I don't actually know where the band um, button is. So I should probably. Of course, figure that I got out. it. Derek, but, you beat me so, to it. <laughs> so I grabbed uh, Paper Mario: Thousand Year Door because it's one of my favorite GameCube games, and I hooked it up to my HD TV with just a basic AV to HDMI composite cable. It was it's a converter, and it looked like butt. I was like, oh, this looks like shit. <laughs> so what I did was I spent a little money and got a Hyperkin. Uh, a, a Hyperkin HDMI cable made specifically for the GameCube that will output it in 720p uh, at the proper aspect ratio on my HDTV. Now, I tweeted out comparison pictures. I did this, and it looks fucking great. It looks fucking awesome. And so I've been playing Paper Mario uh, Thousand Year Door for the past few days. Uh, I'm gonna add. Uh, I'm gonna pop in Metroid Prime after the podcast here and see how that looks on there. Uh, I just picked up uh, Star Fox Adventures, which is a really good fucking game. I don't care what anybody says. Star Are Fox you Adventures. Playing games you've already played. Yes. All right, John. Just hold still for a minute. Okay. Have you heard the good word of Baton Kaitos? I have heard of Baton Kaitos, but I've never played it. You, as an RPG person, should play Baton Kaitos. I'm very curious as to what you would think of it. Now, caveat on this, Baton Kaitos has the worst voice acting of any video game you've ever seen. <laughs> it's really bad. Um, but the game itself is quite good. Uh, so I'm, And the sequel, actually, well, it's technically a prequel, but Baton Kaitos Origins is even better, but it's really good if you've played the first one and have the context for it. So, you know, if you're looking for something to play, Baton Kaitos, if you can't find a copy, I will mail you mine to borrow Reb. it to give it back. Reb, you're wonderful. Look at you, you wonderful. No, Baton Kaitos is wonderful. I, I like that also, a soundtrack out. composed by the wonderful Motoi Sakuraba, who also did Dark Souls and Golden Sun oh. and a lot of other games we really like. Really? Honestly, one of his best soundtracks. Truly. Who's the developer of Betten Kaitos? I know the game. Uh, I've it's like played Monolith Soft. It. I think it's Monolith oh, Soft. Oh, you know I'm going to yeah. fucking love it because I like Monolith Soft. So, 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why like, I like always lose my shit whenever there's one of those rumors that goes out that's like Monolith Soft working on a secret project. It's never fucking Bat and Kaitos. I I think I think it's because like they don't actually own that right anymore. But I don't. It never is, but I just. I think it was it. owned. I think I think the IP <laughs> was owned by the publisher of that game, it, which it's was Bandai, not, isn't it? It's Bandai Namco. I think I think it was Bandai Namco, and now they're now they're they're owned by Nintendo now, right? Correct me Monolith. if I'm. Yeah. Is Monolith is partnered with Nintendo. It's a second party. They're, I think. I think they're yeah. owned by okay. Nintendo. It, holds the it. largest shares or something like that, but it's not a so, full ownership. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Skies of Arcadia was ported to GameCube, wasn't it? Oh yes. no! I guess Nintendo bought I it from Bandai. Band- yeah, Band- I, need, Band- I need to grab Band- that's <laughs> Namco Banda. <laughs> I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play Nintendo Bat-Kaido. bought it from Bandai Namco in 2007. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna play Bat and Kaidos, and I'm gonna play Skies of Arcadia again because that is a game that has a GameCube port, and I can't wait to see how that looks uh, with this new uh, HDMI cable I have for the GameCube. Reb, I, you've got like I'll send you pictures. You've got to see what the shit does for older systems. It's incredible. Uh, and the other thing I've been playing is Minecraft Dungeons, which is great. Yay. And of course, I've been playing Final Fantasy VI also. I have also been playing a little bit of Minecraft Dungeons, uh, and it's it's pretty good. It's it's weird. I think other people have already said this, so I'll be brief about it, but it's a very good, like, you know, what one of these, but it's very strange that it's, like, basically a Minecraft skin, right? Like, it doesn't have a lot of the DNA in terms of, like, there's no building, there's no destruction. It's basically, right. like, go through these pre-made levels and search around like it's it's a really fun game to do that but it seems weird that like they're not leveraging the ip in a greater way um but i am actually looking forward to like dipping further into it um and playing it with my wife this weekend it looks like it'll be a good co-op game i've only played it's the very first couple simple. levels it's I very need to give simple it a shot i need to give it a shot reb i think you would like it it's um i, I are you a fan of diablo reb or like top-down loot uh like loot rpgs or indifferent Okay, so so this kind of cuts away all like you don't have to worry about character build, you don't have to worry I don't about dislike port- them. I just it's not my normal go to. Sure, but but like like what I like about like people people kind of dump on Minecraft Dungeons because it's simple, but I I think there's like a really, I think there's kind of a beauty in its simplicity in that I don't I don't feel stressed out about worrying about what kind of build I'm gonna have. You, it, whatever abilities you have, you just equip your fucking weapon and you and you go. Uh, there's no classes. You don't have to worry about micromanaging stuff, and I I think it's great. I love to equip my fucking weapon and go. Fuck yeah, equip your weapon and go. But I just I love the fact that that is that Robo that the tail just oh, yeah. came into view. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I got. Other than Final Fantasy VI, which I know you guys don't want to hear me talk. Are about. Are you playing so. that again? Are you really playing that again? Yes, I am. Well, he sure is. I don't want it. Never mind. I don't want it. What t- What time is this for you, John? Don't get him started. Uh, I played it annually God since 1995. It. So oh, this is the annual playthrough. Yes. John, John, I literally how many times just have you played like it this year? Like, this is at least the third time this year you've played it. Yeah, no, I literally no, feel that you were no. just I begged you all Final not Fantasy to get into this. No. no, so this so this year, so what I did this year was I played the Final Fantasy VI Advance. You got him going. Uh, the, the modded one on Game Boy Advance with the restored sound and colors. Oh. Just to so see what it was count like. for you? That wasn't... No, it doesn't count. Because it's an experiment rep. Yes, it's I played the game of, to it's completion. It's several hours long. It's like several hours long. John, like I'm, I'm going to do... 30 hours long. Yeah. John, I'm yeah. going to do something I, I don't do very often. I'm going to take your side here, and I'm going to say, 
you clearly have a game that's very special to you that brings you a lot of enjoyment. Okay. And okay. I think you should play this game as many times as you want, as often Thank as you, you want. Thank you, Jeff. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. Okay. I could have gone without the. I'm, I'm not take saying he should, but. <laughs> but thanks, buddy. <laughs> just I'm not saying you shouldn't play podcast. it. No, I just want an I just want an accurate count. That's all. At least I twenty-seven or twenty-eight times. This, like, this yeah. is like when I was in high school though, and read the Harry Potter books start to finish over and over at the kitchen breakfast table, just every single morning before I went to school. Before I knew that J.K. Rowling was a giant transphobe. Um. Hey, John. Just so, I just want to wind it back really quick um, yes, to prolong the time we're spending talking about uh, <laughs> Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy been, you, Six. You said, yeah. you said you've been playing it uh, every year since 1995 yes. annually. Yes. That is the um, that is the the year I was born. Does that feel good for you? Does that feel right? Why would you do that? Why would you do that, Zach? Why would you say that? Why would you even make that a point that had to be made? Put the like, sign turning... What did that say? Zach, that I'm turning... Zach, so I'm turning help. fucking 40 this year, Zach. I'm turning 40 no. this year. That's traumatic enough. Okay. Like, why would you... Why, like, oh, God. Yes, Zach, it's terrible. I don't like hearing it. Okay. It's awful. Cool. It's All awful. Right. No, I just wanted I just want to throw that out there. Jeff, have you been playing any games? Fuck. <laughs> uh, I'm actually glad I got to go now. I was feeling so bad about what I've been playing until John went, but... Um, also... <laughs> Just because it's also super old and I've played it before. Um, yeah, I'm just like, I don't know, I'm not really playing anything right now. So I figured I'd boot up Morrowind. I think I talked about it about on the on the last show. I um, Derek is nice. Derek's very nice. We all love Derek. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, so I had to buy, pay $15 to get like a keyboard remapping program to play with a controller. But the thing I love about Morrowind, uh, which I don't know if this is good or bad. Um, we all know how Bethesda games are. Is that you could just break the game, and you, while the newer Elder Scrolls games can be broken too, and sometimes they just happen, this one is like levels way beyond that because it's got that old school RPG. Like, there's very little direction, and the game doesn't handhold you. So, for example, uh, a few hours into the game, you're basically given uh, a quest where you have to go get like some notes from someone and deliver them to someone else. And I got the notes, but my inventory was full. So I just started dumping all my inventory in baskets in this random house. And then I went to the person that I had to deliver it to, but I had just dumped the note in one of those baskets across the map. And like, I had no idea where I left it or what, like how to go back and get it. So I spent two hours trying to remember which town I went to and which house I was in and going through every single basket, trying to find those notes to bring it back to that person. <laughs> so... so... <laughs> but no, it's I, I don't have anything insightful to say. I love Morrowind. It's probably my favorite um, environment in the Elder Scrolls it's, series. It's pretty I... hard to like hold. Like, does it hold up well? I had heard that like no. it's actually really hard to get it. Yeah, I was gonna say no. I heard yeah, it's just really hold up well at all. Yeah. No. The honesty. There's there's a few things that I think do hold up. The world and the music. I mean, the music. It doesn't seem to have a wide range of tracks, but the music is phenomenal. It's as good as ever. Um, it's my favorite world and environment and setting. I like the biomes and the general landscape. Uh, and I like the graphics are dated, but whatever, that's not that bad. Uh, the thing that doesn't hold up is the combat, because the way Morrowind works, which they changed in later games, is like, I think it's still the same in newer Elder Scrolls games. Like, when you're early in the game and your stats are low, every swing of your sword is a roll. And if you do not roll enough to successfully damage the enemy, nothing happens. So you just hit your sword and there's no collision. That's terrible. So you're just you're just doing this and nothing's happening and every fifth or sixth swing you'll connect with them mm. uh, 
which it doesn't feel good to play. And I think what they did in Oblivion and Skyrim is there's still an element to the role, but even if you do no damage, it still looks like you connected with them. Sure. So, so like, it gives you that, at least you feel like you're hitting them and, and fighting, even if your fight's going to take longer, you're going to do less damage. But yeah, the combat was not good 20 years ago. It's really not good now. Um, and it, the game is like super text heavy, right? Just compared to mm. what you're used to in a modern RPG. You, you just got walls of text. Every NPC has 20 topics and each topic you click on has another wall of text associated with it. You could spend, you know, easily 50% of the game time just reading stuff and like all the books and stuff in it. But um, I don't know, I, I'm able to just kind of like, you know, I read the stuff that interests me and parse out the rest and the combat is what it is. But I, I've got enough old games that I enjoy that have awful combat. It's not really a, it's not really a game maker for there, me. There's I, I just, no shortage <laughs> of old games with awful combat. Yeah, so I, I just like walking around the world and just taking everything in. And I, I do like a lot of the, um, I think Bethesda's writing is not as strong as it used to be in the past. Um, I think they've always had kind of a mix of uh, really interesting dialogue and really funny dialogue. I think um, some of their games more so than others. They've just got a really distinct sense of humor in the way that they write stuff. And um, like my favorite thing is like almost every playthrough everyone does in Morrowind, five minutes into the game, you walk down this path and a guy just falls out of the sky yeah. and lands on the ground and he's got a book there. <laughs> And the book is all about how he's finally discovered this, the key to flying in this potion, and he's going to do all these great things. <laughs> but he literally just saw him fall to the ground and die right in front of you. So, <laughs> What's up, John? I just wanted to say, uh, Jeff, talking about the combat in Morrowind, Derek, it sounds like the developers of Crypt of the Serpent King took Morrowind's combat and cut everything else out and just made that a game. You act no like the developers of Crypt of the Serpent King had any plan, intention... Um, or succeeded in creating anything, even anything terrible. So Crypt of the painful. Serpent King was willed into existence by demons, and we do not speak we, of it anymore. We played through the whole game. <laughs> Go ahead, Reb, sorry. I just, this is a very stupid take. So I, I played like, I don't know, I think I played like an hour of Morrowind one day on a whim, um, but it was like very recently, like this was last year. Um, and having never played it before, there was no way I was going to fucking keep playing it. Um, just because you, you have to like already know how it works now in order to play it, I think. It's, it's very so, obtuse. It's very obtuse. Um, but I really, it's, it's one of the games that I really, really wish I had played when it first came out. For the sole reason that I very specifically remember being introduced to that game through the segments with Tom on Toonami, where he reviewed Morrowind. I don't know if any of you all watched Toonami back in the day yeah. or remember those. Oh, yeah. But he talked about Morrowind and that thing aired, like, I don't remember what block of TV that was. I don't remember if it was, like, during Dragon Ball Z or whatever the hell that was. <laughs> but whatever block it was, that review aired over and over again. And I was like, wow, Morrowind? <laughs> that looks incredible. But I didn't have a video gaming machine you weren't cool yet Rab. i think like i don't even know what year that would have been but like whatever year that was i think i was probably playing on my, like my fucking game boy advance or something i think it was 2002 my the what when i played through to... it uh when i played through it at launch i played it on my, the original xbox because they had a, a port there and it ran at 20 frames a second and it crashed oh, every 30 yeah. minutes so let's see game 2002 in video games uh PS2, Xbox, GameCube. So I had a GameCube back then. Morrowind was never released for the GameCube. It may have been Yu Yu Hakusho, Blaine. You're right. I watched lots of Yu Yu Hakusho. I don't, was that on Toonami? I don't know. Oh, I guess on Toonami was like still a late night thing for adults and they had Yu Yu Hakusho and Inuyasha. Yeah. 
Yu Yu Hakusho Inuyasha and Morrowind, adult things. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, what have you, uh, have you been dipping your toes into to anything? I know the Modern Warfare season is wrapping up. Is that what you're spending a lot of time right now? Uh, not really. I, I actually just hit 85 today, which was the last thing in the battle pass I actually wanted. So, you know, if they do a double progress thing this weekend, I might just grind out the rest of it to say I did. But, um, I'm, I'm happy with my progress this season. Um, I did download, uh, Call of Duty World War II because it's one of the only campaigns I hadn't played. Um, there's th only three Call of Duty games that I have not played. Uh, at, like from the very first one. And so this is one of the ones I hadn't played because um, it's free on PlayStation Plus right now. So I downloaded it, and um, it was fine. Like, I don't really have strong feelings on most of it, except there was one mission I really loved, and it was one of the only missions where you're not playing as the Americans. Uh, you were playing as a French, um, a French revolutionary, and she is undercover... Um, at a like a Nazi um, a Nazi uh, garrison in Paris, and you have to um, basically it's not a big shooter mission. You have to walk around and you have to like locate your contact within within this um, this garrison, and you know people stop and ask for your papers and ask you questions about them. So you have to memorize like what the information on your papers for your cover story is so that when they ask you, who's your commanding officer, who are you there to see? Where are you from? And stuff like that. You have to be able to answer quickly. Um, as well as like, you know, you have sneaking around and you can like let out some prisoners and stuff. It's really, really cool. And it was something I was not expecting out of a call of duty game. Uh, and it was really, really neat, and I really enjoyed it. And, like, it kind of brings me back to my soapbox. Um, this is kind of a thing I've said for several years now, where I want more spy-themed first-person shooters, because I think, like, there was a period, like, in the 90s, like, with Goldeneye and Perfect Dark and stuff, where you had, you had really cool varieties of, like, gadgets and weapons, and then, but also, like, you could do stuff with conversation um, and stealth and stuff, instead of just, you know crazy action and stuff and i thought it was i thought it was really really cool um and unique for the series and it really stood out and i had i had a blast playing that one mission um i also have been um revisiting Actually, hold on, hold on, days gone go i want to uh, stop you i have literally never in my entire life cared about call of duty not even for five seconds but the idea of some kind of mission of sorts where you have to, you have like a set of information that you have to like memorize and then be able to like accurately answer questions about it. That's like, that's interesting. I would play a game it's that was super just cool. that. You're also I, playing I, a cool wanted... French lady spy. Yeah, that could be, she's that awesome. Could be so interesting. Like I could see that getting and she has a pen knife. in so many interesting ways in like, in, in like a game. Like if you have like disguises and you have to like pick the right stuff. I don't know. That's so interesting. You can, you what? can stumble upon what? an attempted rape in the basement and stop it and kill the dude. Kill the Nazi. Yeah, it's great. It's it's also just buried like in the middle of like an eight hour campaign. They're just like, <laughs> like they're just like, it, it's been like just run of the mill World War II shit that's prettier. And they're like, Here's an innovative mission. You're only getting one of these this year. 
and here it, yeah no it's, it's I just a, really a game cool. that's that a whole campaign yeah. of that yeah it, I, I, you know i did too it was also funny because it was after like one of the most ridiculous train crashes in video game history yeah. like once this train starts crashing it's like it's it's a 30 it's minute long train crash long <laughs> sequence of just stuff flying around you and then all of a sudden you um, immediately go into this really cool stealth quiet stealth mission what's you know, the name of talk- this mission does it have a name Oh, I'm sure. I don't remember. I'm blanking. It. I'm blanking on it. It's the. It's basically the Paris mission in okay. Call of Duty World video War II. Video game developers, turn the Paris mission into a standalone video game. I will give you money. Thank you. Just make you know, it an immersive sim. Just let Arcane just make it. And my, I will too. Yeah. Mm, let Arcane. Arcane's a good choice. Yeah. Yes. I was um, gonna. Yeah. Like. Oh yeah. Arcane's an excellent choice. It, no. It is their 20th anniversary today. It is Arcane's also. 20th anniversary. Happy 20th hey, to Arcane. Arcane, make the Paris mission into a video game. I will give you money for it. Thank you. You know, if you want to bring back a real spy game, like a real spy game, what no was the game one with lives the, forever. What was the game with the gecko in a tux? Nope. Yes. No. Nope. I'm muting no. John. John, that was a TV parody. That was a, a TV real, parody no. game. Justin, There's what were you gonna say before game. I stopped you? Please continue. Get us out okay. of this. Okay, so I've I've also um been playing uh dabbling a little bit in Days Gone again. I played it last year when it came out, um, and it's 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 a weird level of quality for me because I think the first like ten or so hours of the game are straight up bad, and then you hit this point where you reach this third um. This third one of the camps that you visit. Play through ten hours of anything that's bad. That's very impressive to me. Well, I mean, okay, it's it's more fine. (laughs) Excuse me. It's more. It's like just fine up until that point. Um, and then all of a sudden you get to this point where like, all of a sudden some of the stuff that they were playing, you know, really straight with this character, and, you know, everything just kind of, all of a sudden like it starts with there's a mission where. Your friend is sick. You have to sneak into this camp and steal um, steal some antibiotics to help him. And at the end, you get caught. And these two characters come up and they're like, why the fuck did you try to steal it from us? You could have just asked us for help, you dipshit. Like, Does the um, game give you a choice, though? No. So p- a part oh. of the reason is early on in the game, like, um, so, but like, characters at that point start to call Deacon on his shit and stuff which was something i didn't really expect from that game but like it's not a great game but it ends up being in a place that's a lot better than where it starts so it's a game that i'm kind of more excited to see a sequel to than i am it's you know just like a straight ahead sequel but the one thing that really gets me about that game and it is basically why i wanted to revisit it and just kind of walk around in that world is because you really get a sense of the developer's pride for oregon and like the Pacific Northwest, um, like the studio is located in Bend, Oregon. Okay. And instead of taking, oh, like this is, you know, going to be a really recognizable location and we're going to play around with it, or we're going to take this exotic location and let you explore it in an open world game. They're like, hey, let's take this area that we really love and accurately model it and let people check it out. Like, a lot of the collectibles are just historical markers from Oregon. There are missions where you're just walking around and this old guy's telling you or- Oregon Oregon facts. And it's, <laughs> Oregon facts. It, it's really cool, and I really like that element of it. I think the world is well-designed and stuff. Um, 
And I'm excited to see where they take it because where they end up is much more exciting and much more interesting than where it started. Jeff, did you have something you wanted to add to the Days Gone discourse? Yeah, I wasn't. I didn't want to uh, intrude on, on Justin's uh, speech there, but um, the I agree with a lot of what Justin said. I think like the first ten hours, they're not bad. It's like bad. I feel I hate when people call like mediocre games bad because like I have a very specific image in my head of what a bad game is, and Days Gone I don't think is bad. It's just it's a weird game. Like it's a weird fucking game. It feels like a bunch of stuff and this is good and this is bad and like it's just it's such like a it's such yep. a mixed bag it's like a fucking yep. stew i think of one of the weirdest things is and i i heard that the game either got certain things got chopped down or it's it jumps like it's really weird like cutscenes just start and stop and characters like sometimes things don't flow and they don't make sense and i heard it's because things got moved around or like changed but you can really notice it <sighs> And then yeah, so, like, it originally was supposed to have, like, a morality system and let you do decisions yeah. and stuff. And it's really clear early on in the game that they had to cut that and they just That's had what to it is, go with one of the one, choices. One minute Deacon's like, oh, thanks a lot for helping me. And then, like, literally it just, like, the camera cuts and he's yelling at someone. He's like, you fucking screw me for the last time. Yeah. I'm like, what's just <laughs> happened? So it's like you're getting good Deacon and evil Deacon? I don't know. Yeah. yeah the, and just, like, uh, they try, I don't know, like, they did weird things with, like, the objectives. So, like, you kind of have all these ongoing huge objectives over time. And, like, every time I do something, it's, like, I got 5% more towards this really obscure goal. that. And, it's like, I see what they were going for. It's cool how they kind of had some nonlinear things, like, that you could progress over the course of the entire game. But just the way the menu system was laid out and everything, I just found it really... Uh, really confusing but like the core of the game is like pretty solid like i like the bike stuff i like like justin said the world's really immersive um but yeah i felt like the start was just yeah it took a long time to get going and then there was a little section where it was like pretty good and then i felt like it overstayed its welcome was a little bit long uh which is why i didn't quite finish it but yeah, but like I said, like all the characters end up in a much more likable place at the end of the game. You, f It feels like the developers kind of found their footing as they went through and made the game. And then there's one post-credits tease that actually has some really cool imp implications for things they can do with the infected in the next game. So I'm, I'm very interested to see where that series goes, because I think the next one could end up being a very big improvement. Sure. Yeah, and honestly, like Sony Bend, they took a long time to get this game out, but... Now that they have all the dev tools there, you know, theoretically, they could probably turn around a sequel um, a little bit faster, which is cool. We might see something from them in the next two or three years, you, you might think. Derek, have you talked about what you've been what you've been playing lately? Not yet. Not yet. Um, so I wasn't on the show last week, and uh, I've had two very different uh, gaming experiences these last two weeks uh, for obvious reasons. Um, so last week, uh, I resumed my uh, on hiatus Call of Duty series playthrough. Uh, for those of you who remember, I had not played a single Call of Duty game before last year, and I decided to start playing through them all, just the campaigns. Um, the long story short is the only one up until last week that I actually unironically enjoyed was Advanced Warfare. Um, none of them were really bad. They're just silly. No, I take it back. The Black Ops games, awful. Fucking terrible. <laughs> don't let Treyarch make video <laughs> games anymore. Just don't. Make them Are a the porting studio game. The next one? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. they're on tap uh, for this year. It's another Black Ops. They're making the one that's like supposed, according to rumors, the edgiest, knows, grimmest, the edgiest. Yes, the, they're yep. the guys who thought you know, Vietnam or is it Vietnam War or Cold War? It's, it's both. 
Cold it's a Frankenstein game that's yeah. like mashed together yeah. at this point. Look, here, I'm going to tell you about the original Black Ops, okay? You <laughs> you put glass in a man's mouth and then punch him in the face repeatedly to get information. And the game treats that not as like, wow, you're morally compromised doing extreme things. It's just like, fuck yeah, soldiers get it done. And then in the end, um, as you're coming up from the underwater base, uh, you are, uh, arrive in the middle of the entire U.S. Navy, it seems like. Uh, and then fighter jets fly overhead. Uh, uh, and then an American eagle, uh, a bald eagle carries an American flag across the sky and then fireworks shoot off and the credits start immediately. Oh my God. I, I only made up, happens. I only made up some of those details. Oh my, um, oh my God. But and then no. it implies you shoot JFK. Yeah. The that's, black, that's the other yes, thing that happens in the end. Is this, this Metal Wolf Chaos we're talking no, about now? No, unfortunately. It, it, so, <laughs> so the Black Ops games are fucking awful. I liked Advanced Warfare. I stopped after Black Ops 3 because it broke me. It broke my will to continue the series. So I started back up. I played Infinite Warfare. Infinite Warfare is fucking great, mostly because it avoids a lot of the jingoistic bullshit and and way too like tryhard ura. It's just like a sci-fi war story that I can space one. Yeah, yeah. with with uh, yes. Jon Snow is the villain. Like, and it's good. It's uh, unironically yeah. pretty good. There's a robot partner named Ethan who's just lovely. He's delightful. He's very charming, um, and and southern and very fun. Um, and I liked that, and I've started World War II, so like which is... You. Yeah, well, kind of, thank you. Um, so I Aww, started so World War II, uh, which I'm liking less, but it's still fun. It's doing things different from a lot of the stuff I don't like about the Call of Duty series. Like, there's med kits, so that's 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 a big change of pace. Um, most How is of that the, what you were yelling about the other day? Yeah, the, um, the guns are mostly, like, old school like rifles so it's a very punchy like single shot instead of just like spray in a direction and kill somebody um boots on the ground that's the one yeah that's the yeah so it's it's it's, it's nicer than most um but like it's 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 fine um but then of course the last few days have been incredibly stressful um and i've had a hard time kind of getting myself out of being wrapped around what's going on in minneapolis right now um so I've, I've sought out more comfort food types of games, uh, things that I, I just know that I love that I can play mindlessly that will help pull me out of that. So I've played a lot of uh, Slay the Spire, which is just a very fun, uh, you know, rogue. I can play that on one monitor and watch Avatar The Last Airbender on another monitor and my ADHD brain is satisfied and I can think 0% about the badness in the world right now. Um I also uh, shout out to Imran bringing up Dolphin earlier. I uh, I I pulled up Dolphin and I pulled up uh, my one of my favorite Wii games, which is Sengoku Basara. It is Capcom making their version of Samurai Warriors. Basically, it's even like same time frame Japan, same historical figures. It's just silly. Like this character will be a giant robot with a drill spear for some reason. Uh, Masamune Date uses six katanas and he holds them between his fingers like Wolverine claws. It's That's very dumb. Awesome. It's very dumb, but it's very fun. Um, that is the best thing I have yes. ever heard. Yeah, and no, he, like that's the, that's the coolest description of anything I've yeah. ever heard. And like, unlike a lot of the Dynasty Wars games, which look, I'm a sucker for Musou titles, but unlike a lot of the like Dynasty Warriors, Samurai Warriors type games, there's there's only like a much smaller number of characters in Sengoku Basara, but they're all very very different. They have like unique mechanics and resources and meters and things like that. Um, so uh-huh. it was, uh, it's it's very good. It's very fun, um, and it's very fun 
to realize uh, years and years later, after I 100% of the game years ago, to come back to it and recognize like, oh, that's so-and-so from Critical Role, you know, before they got huge. Oh, that's, you know, so-and-so, and that's this. And, oh, yeah, by the way, I can beat up 100 samurais with my ninja. Like, it's just, it's just a good time. Um, and I've needed that. So, like I said, two very different experiences the past two weeks. But uh, Derek, Derek, from the chat, is this accurate? Uh, it's samurai warriors with an explicit message of what if hot guys. Um, yes, but with an explicit <laughs> amount of stupid weeaboo shit on top of that, right? Like, there's no getting around. This is not, like, my mom is not going to sit down and look at this and be like, oh, this is very interesting. Like, this is... Um, I don't know. This is this is going to cater a lot to um, anime nerds who don't realize that the shit they're into is incredibly homoerotic, right? Like dudes who watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and don't realize how intentionally gay it is. Like they love Sengoku Basara, and so do I. Anyway, that's that's the stuff I've been playing. I'm just Sounds happy you're great. happy. Reb, have you been have you been jumping into anything else lately? Yes, yes. Don't say that so resignedly because I said Animal Crossing every single week for the last. <laughs> That's not what I meant. That's not. What I, I meant. it is. It's okay. <laughs> no, um, I've actually been playing. Well, I've been I've been playing a game ongoing that I ha- I've avoided talking about every single week because I don't want to just like drag it on. Um, but my boyfriend and I are playing uh, Divinity Original Sin Two, um, which I mentioned on the podcast before. Uh, we are actually, I believe we're nearing the end. Uh, we made it to arcs. Um, so my my opinions about Divinity have sort of like changed over time. I really like it. I think it's a lot like Dungeons and Dragons. I think it's an incredible game with an incredible score, a lot of really incredible writing. Um, I, I am having kind of a growing dislike for just how... I, I simultaneously love that it allows you to do co-op with up to four people online, cross-platform. Like, that is absolutely fantastic and really, really good and really, really helpful in just, like, so many ways. Um, but it doesn't... The, the writing and the quest system, for some reason, I don't know what it needs to make it better tailored toward people doing that kind of thing, but it needs something. Because the the kind of result of... of him and I playing this much Divinity, because we're up to, I, th- I think he said like 50 hours of game at this point. The end result of playing through 50 hours of game with someone where each of you only gets like half of the quest text at any given time is that you each only have like half the story, but also it's 50 hours of game. And so if you're not being consistently reminded or like if I do a quest, if I'm the person who instigated a quest with one character and then he picks up a quest with another character that references that previous character, then suddenly we have to sit here and like compare notes and figure out, okay, who is this? I don't remember. Why are they significant? Yes, Derek. So- I just want to say that Martha and I definitely nearly broke up playing that game co-op. <laughs> we're okay. Our, our teamwork is okay. It's, it's just kind of like the constant like moment. Because we're in arcs now. And now that we're in arcs, there's all these characters that are sort of reappearing. Or all these storylines that are sort of making their way here. And we're looking at them and we're like, okay, fuck. We're supposed to know who they are. What? Who are they? Uh, Jeff, you were first. Uh, yeah, no, I was just going to ask. So, like, I'm that's kind of surprising to me. Because most games I've played with co-op... Um, like, well, I've been not the same game at all, but I'm playing Sea of Thieves with friends. And, like, when someone starts a quest, usually you get, like, text and voiceover, even if you're, like, you know, 100 yards away, like, talking to someone else. Like, usually 
that text and dialogue gets displayed for everyone you're saying that's not the case like you can you can if you see so whenever someone's talk, whenever the person you're playing with is talking to somebody there's like a little kind of like icon by by their profile thing and you can click on it and you can listen in um but it's not a super efficient way to go around a town. Like when we both walk yeah. into a town and it's huge and there's all these quests around, we we split up inevitably and we go, okay, you're gonna go over here, I'm gonna go over here, we're gonna see what the issues are and then we're gonna like tackle them. Um, and so we just like inevitably miss stuff. And then also sometimes depending on the quest or who it's for or what character it's for, sometimes random characters will just get pulled into scenes without anybody knowing. And all of a sudden they'll be like, wait, where are you? And he's like, I don't know. This guy just started talking to me and vice versa. And we're like, okay, wait, what does he want? Like, what's his problem? And so there's just, there's just a lot of information. There's just so much information coming at you at once. And the quest log, I feel, doesn't always sort it in a way that is useful to me. John. Uh, so, Reb, so you, you said that you and Imran are 50 hours into this, right? Yes. About, about 50 hours. I feel like you you guys have been playing this for a while, and I know I, I know that you can't play every night, but I was curious as to as to how long it's actually taken the both of you to get to this point. Like, when did you start playing this? Oh, I don't remember when we started playing. Um, we have been playing approximately once a week. Um, there were there were a couple gaps where we, and I, I know that this definitely hurt. Um, there were a couple gaps where we didn't play for several weeks, and I think that hurt us remembering all the lore. But also the fact that the quest log is not always a super helpful indicator of what has happened in the past um, didn't really help us in catching up. Uh, so yeah, we're like 50 hours in. We're in ARCs, which is sort of the final big area before the big confrontation at the end. Um, the other thing about ARCs that's interesting is the difficulty ramps up significantly when you get there. Um, like up to this point, we had just been, and we're playing on like the easy baby story mode, which is fine. Up to this point, there had been one battle that we had struggled with um, because it was very, it was designed in a very particular way. If you know the game, there's like a fight on kind of basically this oil rig sort of thing with all these like slimes that pop up and set things on fire. It's a very cool battle. Like it's designed, it, it's difficult, but in an interesting way. I really like that fight. Um, and every other fight has been very vanilla up to this point, playing on story mode, which was fine. Like I didn't want anything complicated. I just wanted to burst through it. Um, but we got to arcs. All of a sudden, everything's really hard. Like we were joking when we walked into arcs. We're like, oh, we just like destroyed everybody really quickly. Why do we need to become divine? We don't need to become divine. Our power are fuck we don't need anything and then like immediately walked into a fight where we just got our heads handed to us um there, there's like this fight in a cathedral or a church or a ruin or i don't know what the fuck i think it's a consulate in arcs where you walk in and there's these fire guys and they're made they're really easy to kill in like one shot but they're made of fire and you can't kill them because when you kill them they turn into like this glowing patch on the ground and then on their next turn they go if there's cursed fire anywhere in the area they will go absorb the cursed fire and immediately respawn and there's two of them and in order to finish the encounter you have to make sure that there is no cursed fire anywhere near enough for them to reach in a single turn um or they'll just keep respawning over and over um, the problem is they will immediately respawn and then they'll have like two turns right after that where they can just do whatever the fuck they want before you can do anything where they shoot more cursed fire onto the ground. And so there's a few ways to do it. Like there's different ways to cheese it, but you do that. And then there's a fight immediately after that where there's three of them and there's even more cursed fire to start with. And it's just like a fight that the idea and concept is really cool, but in execution, it is just maddening in the extreme it just feels deeply unfair at like every possible second and we were like looking up like how do we beat these guys and you basically have to either be have more have more stamina than them and effectively like tire them out to the point where you just get lucky at one point and there's no cursed fire around and they just die 
or you have to like cheese it somehow where you either like lure them outside or glitch them on a staircase or some other bullshit that makes them die. And I think we cheat. Imran says we cheese one of them. If I remember right, we cheesed both of them. I have no idea how they died the second time. I do not have the faintest clue how we beat them, but we did. Um, so that's Divinity Original Sin 2. I really like it. It's just, it's got some interesting things. Um, are, so is um, Baldur's Gate 3, I think it's still tentatively scheduled for this year. Is it going to be structured the same way where you guys could potentially play it the same way in co-op? That's a question remember. for somebody else who knows about Baldur's Gate. I, okay. I, I think it is. I think I it is. Remember, I couldn't um, remember if it had co-op the same way. I mean, there's going to be a there's going to be a new trailer for it tomorrow, apparently, from Larian. Uh, so maybe we'll find out oh, more okay, information cool. then. Um, but uh, what I took away from that is is that there's way too much fucking cursed fire in art. There's like, too, just much. too much. Cursed fire, fire is my least favorite like, effect, honestly. I feel like every single fight has fucking cursed fire. Every fight ends up just, like, I don't know, I saw someone sharing a tweet around where it's like, this is me playing Divinity Original Sin 2, and it's just the guy with the pizza walking into the room and everything's on fire. That's, like, how every fight is. Yeah, but the fire is cursed. Yeah. But the fire is... The like, other game really I've been playing... Important. The other game I've been playing is Assassin's Creed Odyssey, um, which I'm now, oh, right. I think, 11 or 12 hours like Assassin's Creed Odyssey mostly. I love all mostly. the parts. I love all the parts where I'm Cassandra and I'm running around exploring. I love all the historical stuff. It's really good. Um, I love the music. It's great. I love talking to people. I love being Cassandra. I love being an, a fucking assassin. I love, like, just dumping points in my assassin tree and just going up to people and... Yeah, it's really good. Um, I got to the part, I so I've been playing like for about eight, nine hours, and it was really good. And then I suddenly got to the part where they're like, here's a boat. And I'm like, great, I have a boat. I remember liking that in Black Flag. Do I like it now? No, I don't like it now. And I can't really put my finger on what I don't like about having the boat. I think, I think like in, in Black Flag, I was a pirate, and so it sort of made sense that I have a boat. And there was a lot of gameplay around the boat, right? Like, it's, oh, you're a pirate. You can do X, Y, and Z because you're a pirate. You're building up a crew. Like, it's all this important stuff. But now I'm like, Cassandra, I'm a mercenary. Why do I have a boat? Do I need a boat? Like, can you just take me to the next place? Like, what is the point of me having a boat? It feels like they just had this system that they wanted to, like, glue onto it. And they're like, here, she has a boat now. And there's, like, all these things that I know how to do because I played Black Flag. But the game doesn't ever really explain to you. Like, I can dive into shipwrecks and, like, get treasure out of them. But there's fucking sharks. Why would I ever want to do that? I have no reason to be doing that as Cassandra. I've got more important things to be doing. So I don't like the boat parts. The boat parts are a necessary evil to get me from place to place. And then the other part that I don't like is there's war sometimes and you have to go to war. And I'm an assassin. I do not go to war. Assassins <laughs> do not go to war. Assassins go sneak up on people and go <laughs> with the blades. Um, they do not go to war. So I get thrown into war. I have, you know, gear that makes me sneaky and abilities that make me sneaky and poisony. And everybody's like, ah, and I'm like, ah, and I'm not very good at war. Um, so it took me a lot of tries to beat the war. Um, and now it's the result is like Sparta's in control, but basically now I can't do any of the objectives in the area without kicking Sparta out of control, which I feel like I just did a lot of work to put Sparta in power. Why would I want to fucking take them out and put Athens back in power? Like what, what do I gain from that? Except some achievements checked off a list. So like, I love a lot of the ideas of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I think it is a great game. I'm going to keep playing it. That said, there are just a lot of systems. There are just systems just bleeding out of a. It's like eight Creed games. Odyssey. I just want to take like eighty percent of the systems and just like throw them. They can go. You know what? Whatever. Uh, with a game, Skull and Bones. 
Whatever Skull and Bones is, if it wants to take those systems, it can just have them. Assassin's oh, you Creed, mean that game that, that, that's <laughs> never coming out? The game that's never coming out, right? I just, I just want to be Cassandra and run around and romance all of my lovers and do the history and do the stabbies secretly um, and be like, just be Cassandra. That's what I want. <laughs> Reb, do you think the game is too big, though? Like, do you think it tries to do I too much? Know. Because that's... That's Maybe. a common complaint I've heard about Odyssey. I mean, I kind of like that it's big. Um, I I liked that I was in Catalonia and it felt it felt big when I was in Catalonia, and then suddenly it said, "Get on the boat." And I didn't like the part where I was on the boat, but when I got off the boat and realized, "Oh, now I'm on a whole fucking continent," I was like, "Oh, I do like this." Um, I also like it a little bit because um, I I've said this on the podcast before. I did six years of ancient Greek um, in college and past oh. college, and like I love. I love seeing, I don't know, like Attica and um, I don't even fucking know, like just all these Parthenon and yeah. Yeah, like I love hearing all these things referenced that I remember from my Greek classes. And I'm like, oh shit, I get to go there and see that? Hell yeah. Like um, there was this basic sentence in Greek. Oh, I'm going to forget it and sound like a moron. Um, But it was basically like, like in my Greek textbook, the openings, like the kind of C-spot run sentences in the textbook were like, look at the Parthenon. The Parthenon is beautiful. <laughs> and it was it was basically this story. The, the opening story was these two guys who were on the ship and they had taken out, like they had basically bought insurance on the ship. So if it sunk, they would get really rich. And they were trying to distract the captain of the boat by going, look at how beautiful the Parthenon is. So they could go down below the ship and sink it and get like the insurance money. And so the story was like very stupid. It was, I think it was actually a simplified version of an actual like complex text that exists, but there's all these just like ridiculous lines. Like, yes, I see the Parthenon. Yes, I see the markets. Yes, they're very nice. Why do you keep saying these things? And then he goes down below decks and he's like, oh no, that man has an ax. And he's like hitting the side <laughs> of the ship to make a big hole in it. Um, so yeah, I just, I just like being in ancient Greece and being Cassandra. Uh, I'm I'm kind of disappointed you haven't streamed this. Oh, I don't want to stream that. I'm gonna I'll find a cozy game and stream it here soon. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. I believe that. Although is... I can be really gay in this game and it's great. I just want to say you... that. Go ahead, Jim. No, 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 Zach, you first. I just again, this isn't. It's a, it's a minor side quest. Have you gotten to a part? Oh, where I already you, know. I've even played it. Meet an old woman. <laughs> no. Okay. The only person I have met that I can romance so far is Odessa. And actually, sorry, I'm like dragging on very, very long. I will like stop after this. Um, Odessa is great and I love her character, except what I don't like is all the romance dialogue options for Cassandra are like very pushy. Like Odessa is a person who like, she's really cool and like, like collected and has like her own, like she's in control of her life in like a lot of particular ways, but she also needs help. And instead of like helping her you can have if you want to romance her all of cassandra's options are like hey before i help you let's go inside and get to know each other a little better and i'm like no 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 no, no. cassandra you need to learn some fucking subtlety we need to chill we need to step back like two steps here and like like help her out and then once like her her father is no longer dying of this illness maybe we can have a conversation about romance but just like chill for five <laughs> seconds god i'm not that horny you need to chill it's like the game has good intent with its romance options, but it's written by people who, like, are just... Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's... So I ended up not yeah. romancing... I mean, I don't know. Maybe I didn't miss it, but I feel, I think I missed romancing Odessa because I just wanted to help her mm. first. Because I cared about her. 
I, I just want to see, I want Reb's reaction when she gets to the old woman's side quest. That's all I already I'm know doing. what you're talking about. I've seen, I've seen it. Okay. Like, all right. That'd be great. No, it is great. I love it. No, it's very good. It's very good. Um, you can tell okay. we Zach, had a hard week. Zach, Zach, what did you, did okay. you get a chance to go over what you were playing? No, not yet. Oh, you're right. No. Not yet. Uh, so I just chasing a dopamine release. Uh, I, I decided to, to, uh, hop on Tim Sweeney's uh game launcher this week uh and i bought snow runner uh which is basically because i wanted to just haul shit uh so for, for people who don't know snow runner is a sequel to mud runner and spin tires uh they're like these focus uh focus interactive games uh where you are basically like it is like truck simulator but there's a little bit more like um like it's it's a little bit more rustic you're usually like help people build stuff um and i i booted it up the other day and like the first bit it does it throws you into michigan and it's like mid to upper michigan and it's like autumn which is like i people don't know i i'm from michigan i live in michigan so it's like a very familiar place um and it's fall which feels great um and then the first mission is like hey there's been a ton of flooding um and we need you to help us rebuild and like that fucking hits different now <laughs> Um, because Michigan is, uh, parts of it are seriously underwater right now. And so, like, the first mission is, like, help us rebuild this bridge that connects our town. And so I went and did that. Um, and it's, it's, like, it's a good game, but it's very weird in that, like, this was the first time, uh, this IP has gotten a lot of good buzz and attention. And so it's doing a lot of things right. Like, driving feels great. There's really good physics where, like, the mud, like, really reacts to, like, the physics, it, it feels great. Um, but the menu is terrible, and, like, navigating the world and, like, starting quests is awful. Like, you like you can't just go to a waypoint that's on your map. You have to find the starting point where the game wants you to start, even though the waypoint is already on your map, if you want to actually get credit for doing it. Like, it's a mess, but it feels really good to move through this space. Um, and I've been enjoying it, and then the game lets you jump from Michigan to Alaska. Uh, and Alaska is a very different environment. Uh, it's way harsher to move around. The snow is much deeper. And I am still an early level vehicle, so it's really hard to move around the space. Um, and while I was playing, I just recently hooked up a dual monitor thing because I needed to keep track of work stuff. But work's been quieter, so I can kind of play games a little bit during the day. So I've been kind of doing the, the two monitor thing. And um, the other morning I was playing, and I got a little notification from Spotify that the new Giant Bomb episode was up. And so I decided to just put that episode on while I was playing um and like it really just uh i, I quickly went into to the game settings and turned off the in-game music so i could just listen to like jeff gersman just complain as usual and it felt so good to just like have the experience like i always used to listen to giant bomb because their episodes were like three hours so i would just listen to it like for a whole work week i would just listen to it there and back my way to work um and so like i switched to the first person mode and just like dropped all the tasks and instead there's, there's no, you don't have to pay for gas in this game. You don't, you don't have to pay for repairs in this game. So I would just like go drive the Alaska roads and just listen to like Jeff Gerstmann and crew like just talk about uh, video games and like their weird arbitrary interests. And like uh, this week they were talking about uh, like old audio setups and tape decks. And so just listening to that, like nonsense things I have zero investment in and just listening to a podcast and, and like it just kind of triggered like this familiar feeling um that i just haven't really felt in like two and a half months and uh i don't know still runners a weird video game a strange video game a video game that has given me a really cool comforting feeling that i wasn't expecting um but yeah it was it's been cool it's been cool is that is that a pun you're making or are you just saying it's been cool 
Oh, I guess that yes, SnowRunner. Mm, um, unintentional, unintentional pun. pun. Um, the uh, other Zach, thing that I do, the, no, I won't lie. The other thing I like is that every time you get stuck, you can just take a winch out and just hook it up to a tree, and then when you're in your car, you can activate the winch to try to pull you closer. But if it's not something that's stronger than your vehicle, it'll just tip over. And so like, I'll get my like fucking beat up '80s truck stuck in the mud, and then I'll just like yank over a bunch of pines trying to get out of like this little like this huge ditch. Um, no, it's a cool video game, um, and it's it felt good until I got a task that asked me to help them build a pipeline, and then I was like, uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, no, no, no. Uh-oh. Walk away. Yep. <laughs> no. Would you like to help us move people off land and build the Keystone Pipeline? No. Uninstall. No. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I'm just going to um, drive around aimlessly now. Yeah, no more tasks, Yikes. actually. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, but Stone Runners has been good. Um, I don't know. I guess it was just like unexpected, like quiet solace that was comforting, and, and I just I've been it actually runs it. In, kind of into your discussion last week about liking Steep. It sounds kind of like a similar feeling. Definitely, yeah. It's weird. Like, like Steep has become like my listening to music thing, and then and then Snow Runner, I guess, is now my Jeff Gerstmann <laughs> time. It's yeah, it's like kind of bringing Jeff Gerstmann. Um, yeah, it's it's been weird, but I think that like you know I, I'm still touching the shooters, right? Like I'm still playing Apex every single day, um, and and jumping into gears here and there. Um, but but it just I find myself like looking for different, quieter, weirder things um, that are a little bit out of my wheelhouse, and and it's been good. It feels good to stretch a little bit. It feels good to stretch. So. <sighs> Before we move on, Zach, can I just say one thing? Like, I just realized that for the past, I don't know, five minutes, I've been sitting here petting my Metroid. And, and, and I, I don't know why, but I just picked up my Metroid, like, almost subconsciously. Like, and as I was listening to talk, just, just gently petting my Metroid. I don't know why I was doing this, but I just now noticed it. So I'm going to stop now. John, uh, because... stop. Stop pretending you're hinting at like a Metroid Prime trilogy, man. No, 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 I know I'm really not. It was just, just the closest thing that was like I'm fidgety, and it was the closest thing that was that was within reach. And I guess I just grabbed it and started petting it like Doctor Evil pets his cat. He thinks Only there's a Metroid. Metroid Prime trilogy coming someday. It's coming someday. That's what he thinks. You know we've someday. had a hard ass week when what we've been playing lasted an hour. Yeah, <laughs> but that just means we need. And there's this, no new releases that we're talking about. Yeah, like, it's just old shit. No news. I mean, we're gonna Lost we picked news. out a couple things to talk about, but there just like really was not any news this week. Um, I feel like we're definitely all gearing up for a lot of big kind of news things Next. because we're about ready to hit. There were there were like a week and there was like a week and a half at the beginning of May where it was like, oh, big announcements, Jeff Keighley, Summer of Gaming, um, and then like everything got really quiet. Um, and now we're about ready to hit, I think, at least if you believe the rumors, which the rumors seem credible enough, um, we're about ready to hit another just sort of big period of game, game reveals, which honestly, it'll be the first week of June, which would, you know, be three times. So it tracks, right? So just like fucking brace yourselves, guys. It's going to be news all damn the, day. Good. The summer of games starts when Sony says it does. No, I have to write the news. Derek, I'm tired. Yeah. If these consoles are actually going to be out this year, it's time to fucking go, y'all. tell us something about Yeah. Them. I don't even need to know, like, just fucking show me the box, at least. I want to like, see the games. I, I want to see what the something. fuck is coming out on these things. 
Halo Infinite has no guns. There's no more guns in Halo. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Just Maybe, that's bike. Maybe that's better. Maybe that's better. Just ride a bike now. Maybe that's better. So do we have so so next week, apparently, like supposedly, we're getting a big PlayStation 5 dump. Like our first big our first big, uh, sorry, I, just saw, I saw something in chat that made me laugh. Our first big PlayStation Five dump, right? Like, reframe that. Here's here's my question. <laughs> just we're taking a, we're taking a big PlayStation Five dump next no, week. No, okay. okay? But hold on, back up before you go to this. Do we know how much do we actually know? So, okay, let's literally presume, nothing. Let's presume that the most credible of the rumors, like Bloomberg or whatever, are true. Didn't Schreier say if something? We assume that those are true. What do we know? Do, is this week. a big dump? Is that what we think? We so, yes. I don't think yeah. we a big dump. A big dump of what? A big dump of PlayStation. So, but like, re remember, Grub, Jeff Grubb, Jeff Grubb was saying that it'd be a, a big, a big, big event, and then later so said I, a lot of people the, split off. I just pulled up the Bloomberg um, article just because I figured that'd be easier. So it says, uh, Sony Corp is planning a digital event to showcase games for its shit. next generation PlayStation 5 console that may take place as early as next week, according to people with direct knowledge of the matter. Free article, <laughs> limit my ass. Uh, the virtual event could be held June 3rd, though some people caution that plans have been in flux and that date may change. And other PS5 events may follow in the coming weeks and months. Um, so this article here says, a digital event to showcase games for the PS5. So that's okay, pretty- Okay, so we don't know shit, No, guys. we don't really know no, shit. We, we don't really know <laughs> anything. Big dump, my ass. We don't know what this is gonna be. But I think it's gonna be a, I feel a big dump coming, Reb. I feel like- Reb, you have like, butt problems. Derek, John, you have butt problems. The gaming industry is holding the thread for so long. And we got a we got a big dump coming. It's it's time John, to release it. You need to quit talking about your butt problems on this podcast. This is not no, 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 a medical no, no, no. advice I'm talking podcast. About the you the are not. You are straight up not. Information for okay. a long time now. Let's let's try to guide this conversation. Okay, Muting John. So let's okay. let's talk about let's talk no. about what we what we are anticipating, right? right? So we're no, in a position now do. where uh, we know Microsoft has confirmed as much that their Damn. Xbox is in uh, uh, the Series X is in production right now. Like the boxes themselves are being made. Uh, I would anticipate that Sony's in a similar position, and Bloomberg actually today said, uh, yeah, we anticipate that they're going to show up, Sony is going to show a box soon, because they are probably entering production, and you want people's first look at your box to be official, not from a photo from uh, a, a production plan, right? So we're probably going to be seeing the box pretty dang soon. Um, I think that feels pretty good. I would also say it would be pretty wild if Sony watched how Microsoft stumbled uh, in the, the last few weeks only showing third-party stuff that really wasn't that much gameplay. So I think we can speculate that Sony's probably going to sh show their box soon. They're probably going to show games, and they're absolutely going to be showing gameplay. So I don't. I wouldn't say we're expecting like big. I think like one to five games probably. Zach, so you do. Um, sorry to interject here. Do you think no. then? Uh, you know, I, I'm never sure with how these events go. Do you think Sony has actually adapted this within the last few weeks in any way based on like Microsoft's event, or has this been? Has this video, whatever they're showing, been done for, like, two months? I imagine, no, no. I mean, I think that plans change, and, like, I think they've had stuff being built for a while, but, like, everything, I think especially now, companies need to be built to be reactive, you know, to be very reactive. So I'm sure that, like, they've had plans, and, and then they're kind of probably adapting to Microsoft's thing uh, to an extent. Justin? So, um, based off of some reports, um, I... I know specifically Jeff Grubb, who has been trying to round up every date for every random thing that seems to be happening in the game industry this summer. 
Um, he has he had initially said June fourth. Uh, now he's saying June third, and he has said the event has changed a little bit um, in the past few weeks, specifically because of the Xbox event. And one thing he mentioned was there's actually going to be fewer games shown at this event than originally intended specifically because um sony wants to show stuff running on real hardware not this is pc target footage of what we think the ps5 version should look like i thought i'd also heard that that some developers and publishers just want to pull their own games for their own revealing like on their time um and I, I thought, I, I thought jeff had even said something to that regard so yeah. jeff grubb yeah. not our lovely jeff Okay, so let's pretend that we live in a magical universe where this is like a massive game dump or even just a game dump of Can any we kind. please stop saying dump? Can we just call it a game dump. showcase? It's Drop that showcase. dump. Let's oh, just pretend. Let's let's just live in this universe where we just get a bunch of games next week. Sure, why not? What, what do we get? I want Horizon 2. I think that's like a very obvious, easy thing to want I that so is too. like likely to show up. At, if not next week, then at some point soon. Like we know that's a thing that exists. Um, I'm excited to see that. Yeah. Um, so here's a question for the group. Do we think, uh, how, what, what do we think? Like, let's, let's play that. Like, let's just assume that we're going to get like a huge games reveal, right? Like just, there's gonna be a ton of games there. What do we think the balance between first party and third party is going to be? Hang on, hang on. I do want to go back to Reb's point just really quickly. <laughs> really quickly, what games? Reb, Reb kind of speculated. Answer like, the question I asked first, man. Yeah. What the uh, fuck? So, so, hang on. So well, I no, no, one... no, 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 that's part. Of the, like that was. I was tying that into the question. Okay. Well, but I, first of all, John, I think that we're gonna see some third party, but probably less big third party than you would expect. Uh, I'm just ready to say that, and we'll see. Um, but uh, I think that Reb is absolutely spot on. I think that with the promotion of uh, Herman Holst to kind of running the PlayStation brand. I think that like Guerrilla Games is in a best, like, the best position they've been uh, with PlayStation in a long time. Like that's gonna be their big showcase. I don't think that's a launch game. I think it's like launch window, like is in like, you know, probably mm. uh, 2021. Um, do, you, do you really think, so what's the launch game then? Also, it's also, I've heard a later launch window. I don't know. It couldn't Justin? be Spider-Man, could it? Like, do you no. think Spider-Man would be a, No, no. no. Also, on the note of Horizon, there is a Horizon comic book series that is launching this August that is confirmed to take place after the end of the first game. And one of the variant covers, one of the variant covers shows a new Velociraptor machine that was not in the original game or the DLC. So... Good. I think it's highly likely that Horizon 2 gets announced and we see some new machines mm -hmm. that are also mm -hmm. going to be in the comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love. Also, some I want whatever Blue Point's doing. Presumably, Demon Souls. We already know Demons. We already know Blue Point is making a remake of some kind for the PS5. And we're pretty wouldn't confident. Wouldn't it be funny if Demon's it was? Souls. Wouldn't pretty it be confident if like Jack and Daxter though? Jack, it they is not. Said, they said they were making multiple. I thought that was confirmed that they were making multiple. We know one of them's Demon Souls. I'm sure that is going to show up. What if? What if it was a Gex remake? Hell yeah! No deep cover gecko. So I'm sure baby. that Demon Souls is gonna, or the thing that we assume is Demon Souls. I'm sure it is, is gonna show up sometime in the the vicinity of all these Sony announcements. But they also said they were making multiple titles, and I'm just gonna hold out. I'm gonna hold on to the hope that one of them's Legend of Dragoon, guys. I just want it. I know it's not, but you know. That's I, a real, that's a shot in the dark right there, Rad. Okay, like, you know what, Mr. Final Fantasy man, you can just <laughs> skip 
<laughs> you got a little Fargo there for a moment. <laughs> Sorry. Like, like, cards out, I think that, like, Gran Turismo 7 is probably a real thing, and then, like, they were covering their ass after that little slip-up. I think that game's real. Can we talk about <laughs> that, that statement? Really Can we talk yeah. about that Go statement Justin. for a second? Just, just really quick, so, so I think Gran Turismo, I think that we're probably going to see uh, Demon Souls at launch, uh, and then I would probably say that, like, if I were to speculate Bluepoint's other game, I'd probably say they're doing something around Killzone. Uh, probably some remaster stuff there. It, uh, probably like a normal thing to yeah suggest. Yeah, yeah. and they they've also just been like teasing a whole bunch of like old school shit for that for for that series. Like I would yeah. Um, people, I, I've seen so many people say, "Oh, it's Metal Gear Solid." I'm like, guys, guys stop. Do it. Don't do that to yourself. Don't trust Please in anything stop. Konami. Like, <laughs> don't do it. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. Justin. So Please explain um, the Grand I want to talk about thing. the. I want to explain the Gran Turismo situation because it's, it's really funny. funny. It's very but funny. first, um, a couple predictions. I, I, I agree with pretty much what's been said, but uh, one, I think we're going to see a couple partnered third-party titles that are published and yeah. funded by Sony as well. Um, they don't, Not all of their first-party studios are ready to get something out for day one, um, and you know, some smaller third parties will probably be um, helping to fill out that launch lineup. Second, I think there's going to be a family-friendly game that is going to be also like a nostalgia play. So I can see it either being a Ratchet and Clank or a new Crash. Ratchet Little Big Planet. Um, Little, Little Big, Big Planet. Planet. That's Little my Big. guess. Well, Dreams just released, though. Little, eh, yeah. Yeah, but like that's not a money maker. I mean, I Dreams is I'm not, I know, don't but... on Dreams. I'm saying it's not a money maker. Little Big Planet. I, I just think maybe it... not necessarily a yeah. new Little Big Planet, but Little Big Planet. Little Big Something. Planet Tactics. Right. That, I mean, okay, no, that's not cool. that specifically, but that, like, the idea, like, Little yeah. Big Planet colon thing. Little Big Planet Fighter. So, but the Gran Turismo situation is extraordinarily <laughs> funny, and I just want to, we didn't have a chance to um, oh, talk about it last week. Really so, this one um, company that is partnered with Sony f specifically for the pro racing wheels for Gran Turismo um posted a teaser for their new uh wheel sets that are coming out this summer and they had a gt7 logo at the bottom of they said the, which of, which of these of games the are you most excited to play yes. or whatever and they had like three games that we know exist and then the the gran turismo 7 logo <laughs> yes um and then they came out <laughs> oh, with a great. statement they came out with a statement saying um, that it was there in that it that you know there was an error on the piece of on the image that they released and that the media went wild inferring <laughs> the existence of Gran Turismo Seven. It's like, my dude, you put a Gran Turismo Seven logo on there. Like, they were like this it's isn't a fan just like logo. They were like it's a fan <laughs> logo. No, it's not. It somehow got mixed happen. in with the copy. Anytime that shit happens, I just have a greater appreciation for uh, how Bethesda handled Rage Two being leaked by Walmart. Like, just <laughs> like just you're like, yeah, yeah, you that shit's coming. Own it. Like, yeah, yeah, just, no. just fucking own it. Like, yeah, no, I I agree completely. Uh, here, oh, I just Go, wanted to get Jeff, Jeff and Derek, no, please quiet here. I want to know what they're thinking for launch window uh, for for Sony. Um, Let's hear it. And, and maybe we'll also we'll see next week beyond launch window. Um. I honestly don't know if we're talking first party. I think what um, Horizon 2 is a good guess. Uh, I think that's closer than people think it is because Killzone Shadowfall launched with the PS4. 
at the end of 2013, and then they put out Horizon three years later in 2016, uh, a genre they'd never done before in a massive world. So it's been four years since Horizon, almost. I don't think it's crazy to think that Horizon 2, you know, assuming they can use some of the stuff work they'd already done on the first game, um, I, I think it's reasonable to expect that that game is probably at a good stage of development. So that's a good guess. Uh, I guess I don't really have any more predictions. I just want to touch on a couple of things you guys talked about. One is I love Demon Souls. That's my favorite Souls game before I burned out on the franchise. Um, I understand why people like Dark Souls more in the way that, you know, they, they kind of, it's all one big level. Um, but I always liked the, I like the design of Demon Souls better. And I like that world better than anything I saw in Dark Souls. I just feel like uh, that's kind of a boring game for Blue Point to do. Um, it's old, but it's only, I mean, at this point, it's only from previous generation. Uh, like, it's not super inaccessible. You can find a copy of it. You can play. I don't know. Like, Blue Point is super talented, and I just would like to see them either maybe take something that I feel like uh, didn't get deserves a renewed focus more than than demon souls i know that a lot of people didn't jump on board with the series until later but um i don't know that's of course i'll play it and it'd be really cool but i i just i think there's better candidates and i'd like to see them um do something else instead and then as for gran turismo i'm really mixed on that one i hope that half of me hopes gran turismo 7 um isn't real because they've done such a good job like polyphony has, is a mixed bag like there's some good things they do really well and some things they don't their games are generally pretty thin at launch especially gran turismo sport when it came to single player content but their post-release support um is fantastic with their updates uh you know say what you will like maybe rain should have been in the game at launch on a ps4 title because rain's been in racing games for many years um but they implemented it extremely well they've added new cars new tracks everything so GT Sport is a massive, amazing package now, and it just would be such a bummer, like we talked about, I think, not long ago, like to just say, okay, let's blow that all up, new game, here's your next Razor Thin launch game, and it'll be good in three years when we're done updating it. So, I don't know, like, I don't know how everyone else feels, but I, especially racing games, like, these are platform games, like, why are we doing new racing games every three years? I don't know. That's, that's no, how I, I don't know. feel. I, I feel the same way, and, like, I also think that... I think it'll juxtapose, interestingly... Uh, and this is kind of the other part of our topic. I want I don't want to get too into this, because I, I still want to hear from Derek, but, like, I think that juxtaposes really well with what Microsoft announced today, which is basically just reaffirming the extent and what they're doing with uh, backwards compatibility at launch, because, um, just speculation here, you, Microsoft partnered with Dirt 5, a series they don't really partner with, uh, and it's a launch window game, and if I were Microsoft and I was going to launch a Forza, I wouldn't put a bunch of marketing money behind Dirt 5. So I'm anticipating we're not getting a Forza this year because uh, I've heard they're helping out with other games anyway. So if Microsoft has BC that's supporting all of their Forza titles and they're working with Dirt 5, I think that's going to juxtapose really interestingly with a, uh, a GT game that might potentially be scarce on content unless it's just being rebranded GT7 with a lot of ported content from Sport, right? Like, I, I think that it's going to be... I think Sony will be in an interesting place if that game comes out and is not, like, basically bursting with the seams with as much content as sport. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe that's unfair of me to have an expectation that high. But I, I don't want to go too far before Derek gets a chance to... Yeah, no, let, let Derek go. Let Derek go. Yeah. Um, so I got slightly beaten to it in the chat. Um, but how do y'all feel? 
about PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale Two Get Melee. The fuck out. I was thinking about making no. a joke about that before, but I yeah. couldn't remember the name of that demo. I, yeah, it's I, liked, I liked PlayStation All Stars a lot. It was actually. fun. It, it was, was fine, just a yeah. weird cast. Like. It, it was just a weird it cast. Was it was a fine I, game. I do not deeply want to get started. It's obviously not going to happen again. No. Um, but but for real, I think I think the big question is is we we spent a lot talking about like what is what is Sony going to have um, first party published at launch? What's what's going to be big PS Five launch stuff? And I think it's also worth looking at the third party partners because I, I know that we aren't expecting there to be a lot of third party stuff probably announced at this event. If it happens next week, especially if what we've heard is true, that a lot of the publishers are kind of wanting to do either their own reveal events or had to pull stuff so they could reveal it just down the road. Cause it's not quite ready yet because plague. Um, but like we know that Warner brothers has multiple unannounced titles, some of which are due out very, very soon. Um, I would not be surprised to find out that, like, the next Batman Arkham game, uh, which is real, uh, is, is like, a maybe a cross-gen <laughs> launch title. Uh, we we haven't heard about that um, that Avalanche-developed Harry Potter game in a couple of years. Oh, yeah. Which we saw footage on. Like, I would not be surprised to find out that that's coming within the launch window for next-gen titles. Capcom has multiple unannounced titles. Um you know, a couple of which we know are new titles, and I'm expecting those to be purely next gen um, at this point. Like, you know, I, is Resident Evil 8 coming in the launch window? I, I don't know. I'm not really willing to put my money down on that. But, you know, I think there's so much unannounced that I'm still sitting here basically with with very few specific expectations um, because this is almost the most blind we've we've been to my memory going into um you know like a, a holiday season in in years. RE eight is a safe bet for a launch window game in my opinion. Bustin. Go ahead, Justin. Big so Boston. um kind of building on what Derek uh was saying, several things that I would have expected to see um for sure at like the sony event um being people uh games that are known partners with them um or are generally partners have actually just this week announced their own events that are coming relatively soon there is apparently a resident <gasps> evil event on the 10th Oh my god! I'm eating this up, and poor Reb is ready to die. Yeah, Reb, I'm not laughing at you. I'm just fucking cover that. I'm laughing at you. I'm sorry. Um, but Avengers is a PlayStation partnered title that I thought for sure we'd be seeing at this, and they announced that their next gameplay event is going to be at the end of June. Um, so those are a couple things that I think maybe you know were planned to be a part of this event and moved, but I do think Call of Duty is going to be there in big capacity. Oh, yeah. uh, Sony and Activision have renewed that partnership. All the pros play on PlayStations. Um, that like Sony actually, um, you know, sponsors the pro events and stuff. I think they're gonna be, still be leveraging that partnership pretty hard. Um, I can I can say that um, 
I had been told that there won't be anything Ubisoft uh, next week at the Sony event, which I found a little bit surprising. Um, no, that's not surprising because Ubisoft is doing their own thing, remember? Tr truly, uh, but but I thought... Like that... literally in the first week of June, they're doing their own showcase. Yeah, I thought that they had something... I thought there was something between them and um, Watch Dogs uh, uh, Legion. I thought there was a little marketing deal I there, but, don't but they, maybe that, there Ubisoft... has been in the past. I thought they usually partnered with Microsoft for, sure for Legion. Stuff, or is that only Assassin's Creed? Uh, Watch Dogs has been partnered with PlayStation in the okay. past. And, okay. and so it's like Far Cry and stuff they like flirt. that. They, they, they flirt with both. Yeah, they yeah. Flirt. good for them. Good for them. Play, yeah, the, field. You know. Play the field, Eves. <laughs> What's up, John? So I've got a few predictions for the Sony thing that is apparently going to happen next week. Um, so I, I think Horizon 2, is a, I, think, I think that's a solid prediction. I, I think uh, I think you'll you will almost certainly see that. That's going to be their big launch window uh, IP game. Um, I think that if it hasn't been moved to Square Enix's own event, I think you're going to see something Final Fantasy 16 related. I think it's time. There's been a lot of rumors flying around about that now. Uh, and Final Fantasy 15 released in 2016, so we're coming up on three and a half years. It's it's time uh, to announce the next one. We know it's in development. Uh, we know uh, we know that Yoshi P is is heading the team for that. Uh, so I think that's coming up soon. I think Resident Evil 8 is spot on, Derek. Uh, I, I think, and I, you know, maybe it's next week, maybe it's at a Capcom event on the 10th, but I think that's coming in June as far as announcements go. Uh, and I also think that we are going to see something PlayStation related, PlayStation related next week in regards to backwards compatibility. I think that's going to be one of the, right out, right out of the gate, that's one of the first things they need to address with PlayStation 5 because that is one of the things that Xbox has really knocked out of the park uh well, this hold generation on, hold on what are you what are you expecting them to address regarding that i think that like, you, you are going to oh well so what i want to know is will i be able to play not just playstation 4 games on my ps5 but what about ps3 ps2 and assume PS4 no games? they've not indicated any if if yeah. if, if, if I don't. Yeah. I really hate using the I word because people use it in a very derogatory and mocking way, and I don't mean it that way. But like, if insiders and like certain journalists had not kind of teased that out, if you'd not been paying attention to any of that, you'd have no reason to expect backwards compatibility beyond PS4 based on their explicit information so far. So. I'm I'm gonna really implore you to just give up on that. <laughs> I would I would yeah. like them to be like more specific with information on playing PS4 games on there. I feel yeah. like like we're gonna be playing these this fall on the PS5. Maybe we don't even know. Can we play? How many PS4 games can we play? Like what kind of improvement? There, it's like all their statements are super vague. Whereas Xbox come out and be like, these games are gonna run at better resolutions. They're gonna run at better frame rates. They're gonna be improved. Like we're working on the quality. And because PlayStation basically just said. Yeah, we're testing lots of titles, and you'll be able to play most of them. I, I, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. They said almost all of the top 100 PS4 titles to be playable on PS5. Like, that has, but they said that, specifically that has in, been amended. But they said specifically in boosted mode. But their amending statement was still super fuzzy. <laughs> I would, I would also just like this is a cynical take, but I would also say the company that took like 12 years to let you change your fucking PlayStation Network name is probably not going to crush it with like the way they're letting you emulate yeah. your PS4 and PS3 and PS2 games. Yeah, I know that's really fucking mean, but like I'm just no, telling you that not. like you're gonna you're gonna get what like... you're gonna you're gonna get what you're gonna get on the fucking yeah. PS5 in terms of backwards compatibility. I I would I would expect like 
kind of what Xbox's BC rollout looked like uh, for this generation early on is probably what you'll see. Is my, my I, I just I don't understand why the PlayStation Three could play PS One games, but the PS Four can't. Like I, I like I just that, that doesn't fucking register with me. I don't I don't get it. It 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 would be almost nothing to add the the ability for, well, for that ability for PS One games in the PS Five. Yeah, I don't you just want gotta to push nothing. the port to PS One. Just, button port, just push the. Yeah, push the, the thing is, push I could the, be wrong. Make compatible uh, on PS One. I don't think the PS Four actually reads a CD, does it? I don't know. No, it does not. Yeah, but but right. like, the put PS4 them on the store. Like, put up, let, like let, let people download them. Reb, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I I have a take that is different from what's being discussed now. So finish finish this. No, th that's. I mean, what, licensing for older titles is a nightmare, and like I. They, they were trying to do it for a while. They did have PS1 Classics um, on Vita and PS3, and they probably just decided it was not profitable or desirable enough, and they but, would rather invest in, like, some remakes or something instead of... But those PS1 Classics are still there. So, like, what John's saying is, like, how... I mean, yeah, we're not saying Lazy Devs or anything, but, like... Yeah, really. If a PS, if the PlayStation Vita, the TV Vita, thing, yeah, half-ass little thing that they just dumped out for eighty bucks, like if that can play PS One classics, like it's just weird. Like how hard could it be? I don't know. That's, that, that's what I'm I, I don't I, think I'm it's hard. Saying, I don't think it's not, hard. I just think they just don't think it's possible. Also, like nobody's, to put in nobody's going to see it. like, oh fuck, I can play Tony Hawk Pro Skater One on my PS Five. I'm going to go <laughs> buy one. Like it's probably just not worth their time or investment to, to focus. I don't on know. That. I I just I I don't see why not. Like I I don't mean like stick a PS One disc and a PS Five and let it play. But I'm talking about what Jeff means. Like let let people download them from the storefront. It's, but this is a legacy thing from, from and a difference between Sony and Microsoft, which is that Sony has has said in the past. And I think they're kind of walked this back, but they've said in the past, why would you buy new hardware to play old games? And Microsoft has been very much about like. No, like game, like we want to kind of curate and preserve games going forward. Which, like, I think there's arguments to be made about like who the fuck wants to play the original Age of Empires in 2020. But I also think that like there's like good, yeah, totally. But I also think that play like Final Fantasy VI in 2020. There are Jeff was playing Morrowind, like yeah. I am not critiquing people I who want to do that. I'm saying that there's like there's there's like opportunity costs that they're doing about like what's what do they value? The um, yeah. Sorry, the, the last thing I want to say is. Um... You know, not to defend everything Sony's done, but the, you know, for someone who with a little bit of programming experience, um, who actually does some software development, um, a lot of times, and I think people miss this, is it's not always so easy. A lot of times the mistakes you make in the past can't be fixed in the future. And I think Microsoft, just because they worked with Windows for so long, even from the original Xbox, it was, I think, um, a more straightforward and similar to PC hardware and the transition from that to the 360, they had a lot more foresight where I think Sony basically every console they made was just its own little thing. And they didn't give much thought to what would come past that or what came before that. They kind of developed them all in a bubble. And a lot of the problems like they had with the PSN username thing is a lot of backend database stuff that they can't change without breaking everything else that's connected to it. So I just think that like a lot of the problems they've had and maybe some of the problems with emulation just come with like the PS3 can't be emulated because the cell processor was just like a weird fucking thing for people to develop it was for, real bad to develop for it's, yeah. it's it takes so much work to go back and fix all those mistakes and brute force them through and i just i think microsoft's planned a little bit better and had things a little mm -hmm. bit easier and sony's also really really paranoid with their phrasing around compatibility and has been for the past several years um like when the ps4 pro came out it did originally did not even have a boost mode um available 
that got patched in shortly after and there were very little issues however they were pretty afraid that it could cause significant issues um reb sorry go ahead no sorry this is i wanted to no we're ready okay i i think there is an interesting i this is just a thought this isn't really an argument of any kind but i think this is maybe not the first no, it's it's the first time we've really had to think on a broad scale about backwards compatibility in terms of large online game communities, right? So PS this this existed before, but PS4 and Xbox One both have a lot of live service games that have these really large communities, and so there's sort of this necessity for backwards compatibility towards just the most immediate generation. Um, so those communities can be retained and continue to grow, right? Because other like, but, but it's sort of an interesting like balance, right? Because like, I, I don't know, like, I guess like the GTA 5 situation, right? Like we have GTA Online. Uh, we don't know this for sure. We don't have any confirmation on it. But very obviously that game is going to get ported to next generation consoles. So there's like an upscaled version of it. But also they're both backwards compatible. So people can continue playing that game and conti- can continue existing in those online communities and continue spending money of it while also buying the next generation of consoles but that also sort of makes it maybe less of an enticing proposition to specifically make a gta 6 right i mean again we all kind of assume one of those is eventually coming but when they do that like did they suddenly lose this giant group of people that are all playing you know gta online and i think that if they didn't have that backwards compatibility right then there would be more of an incentive to just go ahead and hurry up and get gta 6 out but as it is because we have like this very easy backwards compatibility and because they're likely to continue releasing games on new consoles like it there's just less of an incentive and i think that gta is not the only situation like that i think that there are a lot of games from a lot of major publishers that are in that same situation where it's backwards compatible and so they just can keep maintaining their online communities and so they can take they can I, there's less incentive to either release a new game entirely or they can just take their time with the game that they are inevitably making um and i think we saw a little bit of that last gen but i think this is the first generation of consoles where we've really seen that be like a big big issue for sure that's just a thought like i don't know that's not really in response to anything but it's just like a thought i had when we thought of this conversation and i'm like wow this actually makes for some interesting i know that like gives gmo has said stuff like that um just in terms of like okay how do you make how do, you, how do you make a Division 2 when the Division was already very successful and you have, like, this massive online community? How do you make it enticing enough that you get people to go from the Division to the Division 2 and make it worth, worthwhile? And I think that there's going to be a lot of, like, thought processes like that as we move into the next generation, especially around live service games and whether or not we see sequels for them or whether we see ports. Yeah, like, how, how does Siege was just, ports. like... And, like, how does Siege continue to make money? Like, what is their, like, uh, incentive to to optimize for next-gen hardware? Is it, like, more players will come in and maybe they'll buy our season passes still? Like, what is is that profit margin mm-hmm. uh, worth the development time, right? Like, yeah, I think yeah. You're, you're spot on. Word. That's well, what I'm super are... curious about with these, like, next-gen patches. Uh, that's going to be a whole other conversation. But just, like, like you said, Zach, like, if these patches are, like, free, basically, when you buy the new console, um, yeah, what's... Like you said, what's the uh, return on investment for like putting in the time and effort to to really make these games um, run better on on like a PS5? But yeah. All right, well, we are bumping uh... up against our time here. Uh, it is now a little after ten thirty. Do you guys want to? Do you guys want to wrap this up or? I I do want to wrap it up. It is better. Yeah, I know. I have I know. more it's... escape gaming to do. It has. Uh, it has. Yeah, I want to play a little Mario Kart before Xenoblade Chronicles hits at midnight and I stay up till three in the morning playing that. Uh, does anybody have anything else they want to, uh, they want to drop for anybody before we sign off here? 
Yeah, I'm going to throw the link in the chat again. Um, this is the fundraiser um, for George Floyd. Um, it's organized by his family. Um, we had a little bit at the beginning where if you came in late um, and you missed our discussion of that, um, please just like, I don't know, Google like George Floyd and just like read the news. Um, I, we don't, I, I think we probably don't need to rehash that a second time or like go back and listen to the beginning of this episode. But there, there's a fundraiser there. Um, if you're looking for something to do um, in response to everything that's going on, that is a place to start. Um, so. All right. Well, uh, if nobody has anything else, um, we'll go ahead and cut it off here. Uh, it's not always poetry. We don't always agree, but we always keep it real. So until next week, please take care of each other. Stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll see you later.